If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, answering arguments against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. Saturday night at 8 o'clock I know where I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my baby up And take her to the picture show Everybody It was in the mid-50s when this movie came out An actor in a rubber suit Miniature cities And the Godzilla franchise took off from there. Lots and lots of Godzilla movies. And another one, Godzilla Minus One, is the subject of our first conversation here on Issues Etc. Greetings and welcome. We're coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be reviewing the movie Godzilla Minus One. Pastor Ted Geese will be our guest. Pastor Brian Barlow joins us next to talk about coming out of homosexuality. Then our series, Answering Arguments Against Christianity Today, Biblical Inerrancy Isn't Necessary for Salvation. Dr. John Warwick Montgomery will take us through that subject. Pastor Ted Geese has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. He teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. Ted, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. Why another Godzilla movie? I've lost count of how many have been made since the original in the mid-50s. Why does this movie keep getting made over again? Well, apparently there's 37 official feature-length Godzilla movies, including the ones that have been made recently by a legendary film production in North America here, the uh, MonsterVerse series that also includes King Kong. We've talked about those recently, the King Kong Skull Island, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And then there was also a Godzilla versus Kong movie that I think we didn't end up talking about. But anyways, yeah, this is something that has been a big thing. And it's not just actually Godzilla. There's this whole kind of genre, which is the kaiju movie. Kaiju is like a Japanese word for a big monster, like a really huge big monster. So like that's why King Kong kind of fits into the category of that. We talked about this Pacific Rim film by Guillermo del Toro that came out back in 2013. So there's been lots. Uh, there's also like an anime series, Attack of the Titans, that kind of stuff. There's these uh, a kind of a fascination with the idea of giants or big threats. And of course, the thing about the, the Godzilla film, the first one that came out in 1954, is that it, it wasn't just that the big monster is a big monster. It's, it's also that there, it kind of stood in as kind of a metaphor for other things. So this gets into kind of allegorical stuff. You can kind of think of it like a lot of people will kind of misinterpret or mis, misapply like the story of David and Goliath from the Old Testament and just 
you know, like whatever, who, what is your Goliath in life that you're fighting? Like kind of a deal instead of looking at the actual context and what it actually means connected to the actual biblical story, they will just kind of like engrandize it in a kind of a metaphorical way. And I think that sometimes that that is part of the underpinning stuff that's going on with the Godzilla franchise, as it were, and certainly was in that very first film and is very much a part of this film, this idea that the monster is not just the monster, the monster is kind of about something bigger than the monster, even as big as the monster is. What is the minus one about? Okay, so this is kind of something that people might go, what does that mean? (laughs) You know, because Godzilla minus one. So the idea is that this is actually a period drama or action film. It's set right at the end of World War II. And as a result, like, the idea is, is that Japan has been knocked down to zero. That, you know, like after World War II and their defeat in World War II, they're, they're knocked down to zero. So when they're already at zero, then they are attacked by this monster, which knocks them down to minus one. This is the idea that like when they're already down, they're being kicked by this monster and now they have to like deal with it. So that's the reason why it's called Godzilla minus one. So this Godzilla looks like the original Godzilla. Obviously, the CGI is much more sophisticated than a guy running around in a rubber suit, but he looks very much like the original Godzilla. Yeah, this is not the Americanized version of Godzilla that's kind of happening in tandem right now. There is another Godzilla movie that's coming out next year called Godzilla versus Kong, The New Empire. But yeah, this Godzilla does look like the original. And part of the idea with all of this, I'm sure, is that Next year, and it actually at the beginning of the film, it kind of mentions this, this fact that next year is the 70th anniversary of the first Godzilla film coming out. And this Godzilla Minus One is by the same company that Toho Films that made the original Godzilla and actually is involved with all of the Godzilla movies all the way through the whole entire process. So in a way, they're, they want to also have an homage to the original and kind of be faithful to what got the whole thing going in the first place. So I think that'll have a big impact on the reasons why they made the monster look the way they made the monster look in this film. And really, the monster looks really great, all things considered. It is a real good Godzilla film. And I realize, dear listener, maybe you've seen Godzilla films at different times, and you're going to think to yourself, well, mileage varies on Godzilla, and that's true. But this is definitely a cut above. It's, you know, maybe next to that very first one in 1954, this would be like the very best Godzilla film. And even that one from 1954, you might not have seen it in its original glory, as it were, because there was this kind of, the way that it was really introduced to the North American public back when it originally came out, was that it was a very Americanized, highly edited version of it that came out in 1956 that was re-edited and it had Raymond Burr playing an American journalist who was like telling all of what, what was going on and explaining everything, kind of like an Orson Welles, War of the Worlds kind of radio broadcast, but made in kind of hearkening to that kind of a thing. So it didn't really come across originally to North American audiences the way that it 
did to the original Japanese audience. And of course, that 1954 version of Godzilla is available now. You can find it. There's versions of it that you can purchase or find online, I'm sure, in streaming or whatever. But this one is certainly as good as that very original first one from 1954, and maybe even better because it, it really has some interesting things going on in it. What's the plot? Well, this is, I think, probably one of the most interesting parts about it. So the plot, like a lot of these other ones that we've been talking about are kind of like a monster looking for a story kind of a thing. And in this case, it's the monsters integrated into the story. And the, really the story is almost the most compelling part of the whole entire film. So what you get is the story of this Koichi uh, Shikishima, who is a kamikaze pilot who essentially that the way the film starts is there's a little island in the south pacific he lands on the island claiming that he's got problems with his engine on his airplane and the technicians look it over and they go there's nothing wrong with your plane and they go hey wait a minute aren't you a kamikaze pilot why are you stopping here so he's a failed kamikaze pilot who ends up going back after the war is complete and has not accomplished his mission. And kamikaze pilots were pilots who, for those who are unfamiliar, pilots who would fly their planes right into the enemy, right into like, a, I guess it would have been American naval vessels in the South Pacific theater. And they were like cruise missiles, except piloted by a man. So as when he returns home to Tokyo, in a suburb of Tokyo and finds that everything is all destroyed and his parents have died and everybody is like, he is greeted as a failure. He's the reason why they lost the war. He didn't do his job. He didn't do his part. So he's a character that needs redemption. And for him, he'll say like, my war isn't over. And everything that unfolds, like he, he kind of takes in this woman who is kind of destitute, who has taken a child who is orphaned the parents died and gave the kid to the woman and they kind of become like a little family although they're not married and like he's not the husband she's not the wife the kid's not the actual kid of theirs but they become this little family unit and they would actually become a family except everything is on hold because of the sense that things need to be redeemed that, that, that everything was a failure like the war wasn't over for them etc cetera, etc cetera. and in the midst of all of that then you've got this monster that shows up. And he had tangled with it briefly on the island and failed to help in that moment. But here it comes bigger than it was there because of nuclear testing, you know, in the South Pacific, but with the Americans kind of taking that monster and making it gigantic, the radiation causing it to grow and grow and grow. That monster becomes his thing that he has to tackle in order to regain any kind of honor in his life. And the whole nation has to kind of rise itself up to defend itself, even though it's been knocked back to minus one. What makes it different from other Godzilla movies? This is one way that it's different is that some of these ones from legendary pictures that we've been talking about recently, those ones, the Godzilla and King Kong Godzilla also, like both of them, have been kind of turned into anti-heroes or into the, the main hero of the story. Here, Godzilla is as Godzilla was originally 
Godzilla is the antagonist. He's a villain character that must be dealt with. He's not the hero of the story. It's not a story about him. It's a story about the people whose lives he's impacting. So that's a big difference for the film. I think it's a welcome difference. Another thing that is very different about this Godzilla film versus these other ones is that Gareth Edwards, who did that movie, uh, the creator that we talked about just recently, also the director of Rogue One, he made this Godzilla film in 2014. And the budget for that one was $160 million. And the film itself made 524, almost $525 million in profits, right? And then Godzilla, King of the Monsters, I looked it up and that one, he didn't direct that. It was Michael Doherty, but that one had a budget of $170 million and it made $387 million worldwide gross. So how is that different from this? Well, this film, I kind of like heard somebody talking about it and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. It was for $50 million, five zero, like $50 million. I go and sit down in the theater and I go, wow, this movie is like so much better than these $250 million films that have been coming out lately or these $200 million plus dollar films that have been coming out lately. That's amazing. It's an amazing movie for $50 million. So then I afterwards go and look it up on IMDb. It's not a $50 million budget film. It's a $15 million budget film. Which means that like right now at this point, they just keep adding theaters and every week it's gross is getting larger and larger. It's bringing in more money. It's worldwide gross right now is like close to $70 million. But that's $70 million based on a $15 million investment initially. So they've made back their money and now it's all gravy. Like this is great for their investors. So this is very different because basically this movie looks as good as many of the $200 million plus films that are being produced and put out into the theaters right now, which means that anybody in Disney involved with Marvel or anybody with like the DC stuff that's going on with Warner brothers or any of these Hollywood executives should be hanging their heads in shame because how can these guys make a $15 million film that looks like their $200 million film just as good. In fact, more compelling and better acted and more interesting than the stuff that they're churning out. That in and of itself is like really makes it different, not just compared to these other Godzilla films that we've been talking about in the past, but different than a lot of the things that we're seeing in the theaters right now. When we come back, we'll continue our review of the movie Godzilla Minus One with Pastor Ted Geese talking about some of the themes of the film. The most wonderful time. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle Tired of an endless loop of pop Christmas music? Coming December 24th, 
sacred music for the Christmas season. LutheranPublicRadio.org Serenity Stability Solemnity Lutheran Public Radio Sacred music for the Christmas season Coming Christmas Eve at LutheranPublicRadio.org If you're visiting Frankenmuth, Michigan Come to Emanuel Lutheran Church in nearby Frankentrost A hearty band of German missionaries Founded Emanuel Frankentrost in the wilderness near Saginaw At Emanuel, you can still hear the law and gospel in a beautiful liturgical service, just like those first settlers. For directions and divine service times, visit frankentrost.org. That's F-R-A-N-K-E-N-T-R-O-S-T dot org. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Dr. Russell Dawn, President of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts, illuminated by the revealed truths of Scripture, are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others, of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well-lived. Truth. Freedom, Vocation, Concordia University, Chicago, cuchicago.edu. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We are reviewing the movie Godzilla Minus One. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. He has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, and teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. If you enjoy our movie reviews with Pastor Geese, please make a year-end tax-deductible donation to Issues Etc. Any size gift is deeply appreciated. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org. You can also donate by giving us a call, 618-223-8385, Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Issues Etc. at the end of 2023. Ted, talk about the major themes of this movie. Well, the major, like, I kind of hinted at it a little bit with the, the main character. Like, the major themes that are going on in the film would be, like, an honest kind of repentance, because the guy knows that he's failed at what he was intended to do, and he doesn't want to continue to be a failure. So his struggle to turn away from that failure, you've got like a theme of repentance. 
you have a very strong theme of redemption because that's what you're rooting for for this central character and everything that happens in the course of that character's story is all pointing towards redemption and then there is an opportunity for that to happen and kind of nestled in the middle of all of that is a theme of forgiveness because you know various people start out just judging him and you know in a very unforgiving way pointing out that he is the reason why they lost the war and that he he was a failure and they had personally are angry with him like you know a lady in the neighborhood where his his parents died her husband died and her children died and like she looks at him and says you're the reason right one of the technicians that worked on the little island that he landed at when he was claiming engine problems he that this man was like angry with him too that he didn't do his part he he failed and was not brave and courageous etc and that character eventually comes back into the story so this character of the um, navy air service mechanic who has strong condemnation for him eventually does when he sees him moving on this path of redemption and showing courage then forgives him so he literally says to him you know i forgive you and he wants him to live rather than to die right so this is um, a major theme inside the film and again here's the thing this is a film where you have characters that you actually root for like the number of times that i watch films and like my wife and i'll be watching it and we'll say she'll be like there's nobody in this film that i can root for like there's nobody is even like remotely somebody i can get behind as a character and that's not the case in this film so that's that's kind of a welcome kind of fun enjoyable thing to have go figure an enjoyable thing to have in a film what pastoral concerns do you have well this is a very japanese film in some ways so um also, it's this is not a pastoral concern, but just a point to point out is that it's it's in Japanese with English subtitles. So some people are not going to go for that necessarily. But as a result, it's, it is really a Japanese film. So there's a, a character dies and they have like some Shinto religion kind of imagery and stuff kind of surrounding the funeral and like the gathering together post-funeral kind of stuff. So there's some of that in there. And then I think like the actual thing that I would say would be the bigger pastoral concern. I mean, one thing is I ended up going to this by myself because like, I guess Michelle's not that interested in Godzilla as it turns out. But on top of that, she said frightening scenes. So if you're a little kid, this will have frightening scenes. If you don't like the, to see like cityscapes being destroyed, I myself have not enjoyed that at different times. Like, uh, I remember we were talking about Man of Steel, the Superman film. That re really bugged me while watching that film. For some reason, it didn't bother me as much in this. Maybe I was caught up in the characters and everything else. But, I mean, it does have some frightening stuff in it. It's not the most frightening thing in the whole world. But if, you, if that's not your thing, don't feel as though you have to watch it. I would say, though, the actual kind of pastoral concern I would have is that it does deal with the topics of repentance and redemption and forgiveness, but it does all of this from a real kind of civic, civil righteousness kind of point of view. It's really focused on the character of Shikishima's 
own actions towards his redemption. So it's kind of like a pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of a thing. He does have encouragement from people around him, but it's really a, a civil righteousness kind of redemption that's going on in this. So it's not the kind of thing that like we as Christians would say, the reason why God finds the works that people do as, as a Christian God-pleasing is because of the righteousness that we've received in Christ. So the pastoral concern is people getting the impression that they can redeem themselves. And you can have like personal self-redemption, I guess, in a civic kind of a way in uh, the eyes of the people around you, let's say, but not to have that confused with your standing in God's eyes, which as Christians, we say the reason we have righteousness in God's eyes is because it's been given to us in Christ Jesus. So how would you summarize your thoughts about this film and who its audience would be? I would say its audience is anybody who's kind of sick and tired of a lot of the stuff that's been kind of spooled out recently. If you want something refreshing and different, or let's say, listen, it is a little predictable, but it's predictable in the way that you want it to be predictable. It actually, it's kind of like things do happen the way you expect them. They're going to happen. It's not subversive in that way, but it's also not boring and pandering and kind of hackney either. It shows a lot of creativity, a lot of passion. And it's in, in that kind of strange way, it's a little bit comforting to watch. And by the very end, they do set it up a little bit for a future potential another film, which by the way, newsflash, you know, could that happen? Well, they've only had 37 of these along the way. So yeah, maybe. But when they did that, it wasn't like an eye rolling, groaning kind of moment. Literally, it was like getting off of the roller coaster that you super enjoyed and wanting to get back in line immediately to get back on the roller coaster. It was a moment where you kind of just say to yourself, I want that next movie to be playing in 15 minutes. I'm all in for whatever you got coming next. So I would say that, you know, for audiences that have been a little bit tuckered out lately by lackluster things, or if you're thinking to yourself, okay, what's coming up in the theaters? Like, I guess I could go and scrounge up finding some screen that's still showing the Marvels. That's another 200 and plus million dollar film. Or I could go find Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is coming up here, I guess, uh, right around Christmas to watch that. This is another $200 million plus budgeted film. And you can think to yourself, uh, I'm just not interested. Or I could maybe even try to go watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny on some streaming platform like Disney Plus or whatever. But you're, you're finding it hard to even get yourself motivated to do it. Then this is the movie for you because it's going to be a different experience altogether. And if you've never waded into Godzilla, then it'll be fresh. If you remember old Godzilla films, particularly that first one, it'll be something that you will go, this is great. This is one of the best Godzilla movies ever. And it might even, and like, listen, I, I guess this is by comparison. It would rank up there with one of the best films of the year of 2023, just because it it's so well done, especially considering the economy of how they made it. It's really quite remarkable. 
Pastor Ted Geese has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He is pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, and he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. You'll find a link to his movie reviews at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Ted, thanks. Thank you. We will be talking about Pastor Brian Barlow's journey out of homosexuality on the other side of the break. I'm Todd Wilkin. You're listening to Issues Etc. Church music directors can find a new community at Prelude to Postlude, the CPH Music blog. Learn helpful tips for managing music ministry and involving members, and meet the composers of some of your favorite new pieces. Plus, find suggestions of music to use for special services, and preview some of our newest works with free samples you can use at your church. Visit us at preludetopostlude.org. You're personally invited to join Lutherans for Life and Why for Life in celebrating the theme, Just As I Am, January 14th through the 20th during Life Week 2024. Each theme day will explore a distinct aspect of life ministry through local activities, online educational events, interviews, and more. Find out more at lutheransforlife.org. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutheransforlife.org. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Husband, wife, daughter, son, grandchildren, godchildren, pastor, the kids at church, basically everyone of your Christian loved ones is catered for at Ad Crucem. We are the place to go for all your Christmas purchases. Stock up on our amazing Christmas cards, Christmons, Christmas ornaments, unique Christian jewellery, springly cookie moulds, gifts and much more. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M. Your comprehensive source for information, teaching, and truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. You may be one of those pastors who need to be refreshed and refueled because of your parish ministry. Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Charles Gieschen. Concordia Theological Seminary has a wonderful program, not only in continuing education during the summer, but in an advanced study program called the Doctor of Ministry. And it's a very practical program because it focuses on congregational ministry. It incorporates biblical theology with the ministry of the congregation. It's also very accessible for pastors, and it's also affordable. You can major in pastoral care and leadership, teaching and preaching, or mission and culture. And we pray that pastors will take advantage of this program. Learn more about the Doctorate of Ministry program at ctsfw.edu or by calling 1-800-481-2155, Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. 